Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K, and today we have joining me Ian with two E's. Ian, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, my mind is blown right now. I'm still, I'm just going to obsess over that during this entire cast. <laughs> That's just so, going to be at the back of my mind. Just for clarification, uh, Go ahead and share with the audience the revelation that you've experienced right now. Okay, so we were discussing um, best or our favorite um, lime soda drinks, and um, I offered up squirt, and apparently that is grapefruit and not lemon or lime, and I never knew. You always thought it was a lemon-lime drink in contestant with uh sprite and shit yeah yeah just just based on the bottle and the can i've never i've never been a fan of squirt personally i mean it's always at like barbecues and stuff i've noticed it's a big barbecue drink but it goes good with a rack of ribs a rack of ribs squirt and a rack of ribs you know what i'm saying (laughs) that other voice you hear is the new blood brendan how you doing I'm good. I just <clears throat> ate a thick ass Salisbury steak, so that's uh, that's bricking up in my stomach right now. So I'm gonna play some poop roulette here today. Is it? Uh, so yeah. did you make the Salisbury steak yourself, or is no? It like I got a... it from the grocery store. No, like one of those pre-made things. Gotcha, like a hungry man kind of thing. <laughs> Do you guys remember kid cuisines? Hell yeah, Who dude. Doesn't. Okay, so that was still a thing when you were a kid. Ian? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And Lunchables, remember that the Ooh. little penguin thing? I low key still will indulge on a Lunchable here or there if I'm like like a snack. If I'm not like fully hungry and I'm out and about, I'll I'll grab a I'll grab a Lunchable. What uh? Do you guys have a favorite Lunchable? I not mean... the pizza one. Not the, oh, yeah. the, oh, the pizza's the, my favorite. You guys are crazy. The pizza uh. one is terrible. Like, I don't know why you would go. Even as a kid, when I used to eat those, like, my mom would throw a, like, I'd be sitting down, you know, I'd be in, like, fifth grade, be opening up my lunch pail. I'd, I'd ooh, a Lunchable. I'd flip it around and be like, oh, it's the fucking pizza one. <laughs> you know how mad I would be at my mom for opening up that Lunchable and it being the pizza one? I was pretty pissed off about it. Little Kyle's going hungry today. <laughs> <laughs> Little Kyle's going hungry. I'm classic. I'm more of like a turkey cheese guy. Or like oh, a yeah. ham. Ham, ham cheese. cheese. Ham and cheese. Yeah, ham cheese rocks. Um, Ian, what have you indulged in recently? Have you? I have. I watched... Um... Dylan and I watched a movie on the Red Room Discord, um, which you can find on a link to in our Twitter. That's of Red Room, OF Red Room. And um, it was called American Guinea Pig, The Song of Solomon. That is a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the American Guinea Pig series. And it's, it's, uh, it's not terrible. It's a pretty entertaining watch. It's like if um, they made a movie dedicated to the um, like second string exorcist priests, 
and we're just like, here you go, you can you can have at that exorcist, and they all just die. It's so uh, it's like a sub story of that. Yeah, guy. yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's funny. like while while the main exorcist is out and about doing his thing. Exactly. Just, I got you. Okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, and then I watched two like milestone Jet Li films. Uh, the first one being his first ever film. Uh, that was Shaolin Temple. Very good. I think it won like best choreography for Hong Kong of that year. Um, it was fantastic. Borderline, um, just martial arts, uh, training propaganda, but it was, it was excellent. And then I watched, uh, the only drama, the only true drama that Jet Li is in, which is Ocean Heaven. And I highly suggest this movie. It is very good. Um, very cute, uh, sad, and moving. Mm. It's about a widowed father, played by Jet Li, who is dying from liver cancer, and he has to find his autistic son a home before he dies. So, material's there. It's pretty hard for him to mess up, but uh, it's it's cute. Yeah. That's cool. What I've noticed about your... Um letterboxed uh percentage with jet lee watched you haven't seen fearless is that right no i'm not big into the like uh what's that the wirework hong kong films mm. Mm. okay so the good hong kong films i guess yeah <laughs> yeah i noticed that i i haven't seen fearless but i've always wanted to it's always been on my list and uh it's it, it's kind of hard to find now um and I saw it at Zia Records for really cheap, and I was going to buy it for you. Oh. Uh, but, but I didn't. But you know <laughs> what? I'm going back today probably, so I think I might pick it up for you. Oh, was it in that, like, cool – Um, it's mm-hmm. like the Dynasty thing? Um, Maybe. It was like a sleeve on it, but uh, they don't sell it new on Amazon anymore. Uh, you could only buy it used from a third party, and it's, like, kind of expensive. So it's cool. a little bit of a steal at zia because it's like six dollars oh wow on blu-ray so uh, let's snag it brendan have you been indulging on anything lately uh yeah um let's see well season two of deep rock galactic just dropped so i have been grinding on that (laughs) pretty hard uh the new crossbow for the scout is amazing. It's a one shot. It's fantastic. Uh, but movie wise, <clears throat> I finished the last two uh, movies that I needed to for Panic Fest. And they're actually, for me, I'm labeling them as best of the fest. So you have When the Screaming Starts, which is a mockumentary about a journalist who is making a film about a guy who wants to become a serial killer. It has some what we what we do in the shadow vibes, uh, but there's this crazy tonal shift that happens towards the end that just makes the movie absolutely brilliant. Um, and then the other movie was called Malibu Horror Story. And... I would probably say that was my favorite movie from Panic Fest. It's a hybrid found footage movie 
uh, that took 12 years to make. Um, for Horror Obsessive, I, I got to interview Scott Sloan, the writer-director. He was uh, such a great guy. Um, it's interesting to hear about, even on indie films, sometimes a movie can go into production hell, which uh, which was, it was unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it was a really cool story to hear, you know, directly from his mouth. Uh, <clears throat> so I really liked that movie. Um, Troy James, who plays Pretzel Jack in season four of Channel Zero, does some great contortion horror in Malibu Horror Story. And uh, for me, that just kind of made the film. So um, I think those are actually the only two movies I've watched since we talked last. Okay. Uh, where can the listeners find uh, your interview with the director? Is that could it be published, written, or is it? Um, yes. Uh, uh, so I, it, it will be. A, I'm working on transcribing it now. Um, mm-hmm. My initial goal was to do a thirty to forty five minute interview, and we just vibed so hard that we ended up talking for two hours. Um, so I'm hoping to have that all transcribed and by the time this episode comes out, uh, you should be able to find the interview on horror obsessive. but uh, transcribing interviews is very hard. <laughs> well, go check out his interview on horrorobsessive.com but as far as us we're on the ruminations radio network we are one of many podcasts that are on the network um so even if you're not into horror or if you want to branch out into other things like sci-fi um there's even some self-help stuff on there go check it out there's a lot of cool podcasts um today Wait, wait, Kyle. wait. What about you? What about yeah, what have you, what have you been up to? <laughs> I tried to get away from it. Um, so I have been playing... I've been in a Lord of the Rings kick, so I've been playing a lot of uh, Shadow of Mordor, which it. is a uh, game based on the Lord of the Rings property. I've been playing it pretty religiously. It's a game that I go back to every few years. I've been it before, but... It's just really, really fun t- to me. Uh, I believe it's the same team that made Mad Max, too. And uh, I just thoroughly enjoy that game. It's a lot of fun. And I'm prepping to watch the movies because my significant other has not seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. So we are going to watch them. Uh, not the extended cuts, just the theatrical cuts. Are you, uh, are you guys going to watch have a that new show? Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, she doesn't give a fuck, but... Yet, because, you know, she hasn't seen the movies. But I'm very excited. Um, I think that she's read The Hobbit, but she hasn't read the trilogy of books. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited. I love Lord of the Rings. I think it's the best trilogy of movies in fantasy sci-fi. And, uh, yeah, that's including Star Wars and, uh, I don't know. Which Star Wars trilogy? A good question. Any it's of not them. a trilogy. I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is better than the original Star Wars trilogy, the prequels, or the new one. So, I agree. Um, that's just my take. But um, I also rewatched Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Ian, you have not seen that movie, is that right? No, I have not. Why haven't you watched that yet? I feel like as a cinephile, with how much praise it usually gets, that would be something that's on your list. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't seen The Truman Show. I haven't seen... Ooh, the Truman Show's a good um, one. I haven't fully seen twenty number twenty three. Is that the other one that Jim Carrey's in? So what you're saying is you hate Jim Carrey? 
Yeah, you're anti Jim Carrey, pretty much. But you've seen Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and well, that, movie, that movie's too. amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, I think, is one of those movies that gets talked about in cinema circles a lot, and I think it's a great film. I think it's an amazing film in a lot of ways. I think it's a perfect film, oh. and uh, I think if you're looking from a drama point of view. And probably quality standpoint, some could say, I would say maybe that it's probably Jim Carrey's best movie, although I do like The Truman Show a lot. So check that out, Ian. I think that one's a banger for sure. And then um, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, Rumblefish, which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie. And believe it or not, it's only my second Francis Ford Coppola movie following, you guessed it, the Robin Williams Jack. That is the only other Francis Ford Coppola movie I've ever seen. Well, haven't you seen Sisters? Isn't that? Um, I don't think that's Francis that Ford, him? is it? No. Is it? Is it? Um, I'm looking it up. Mm. <laughs> no? It's not? But oh, yeah, it's no. De Palma. It's De Palma. Yeah. Never mind. Um, but... Uh, that movie has a banger cast. Uh, it's a, I didn't know it was based off of a children's book. And the theme of the movie is pretty deep for a children's book. So I don't know if it's like uh, going from the novel to screen. I don't know if it's like translated the same, but uh, it was a really good movie. It's Francis Ford Coppola. So it's shot beautifully. Um, just wasn't for me. I don't know. The, I, I think uh I think knowing that it's a kids book uh afterwards kind of makes a lot of sense because it explored really deep themes but in a really uh how do I explain it in a in a way that they didn't go all the way because I think that they were kind of held back by the original source material like they mm. tried to cover really deep stuff but they couldn't really go all the way in uh, yeah. but it's a really a really well shot movie and uh they didn't want to get like graphic yeah well they they do not like from a visual standpoint just yeah. from like the depictions of certain things like drug usage and mm-hmm. and the, like the themes is trying to cover um but it's really good and i would recommend the movie c- completely for sure um but yeah that's that's really all i've been up to so um, you haven't seen the outsiders no, oh. I haven't seen. Uh, what's the war one that everybody talks about? Oh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Not, never seen it. I haven't seen that either. The Godfather. The Godfather. Never seen it. Yeah. Lost in Translation. Never seen it. Yeah. I thought Lost in Translation was his daughter, or am I wrong? Um, it is. Does Sophia Coppola? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, today though, we are covering the 2017 film. Death House, directed by B. Harris Smith. Now, that's it's such a fake a, fucking name. <laughs> B. <laughs> B. Harris Smith. <laughs> it's it's uh, listed as a 2017 film. However, uh, it was released February 23rd, 2018 uh, in one theater. It premiered in 10 theaters uh, as its widest release. And Hell it came yeah. to streaming services on November 6th, 2018. Like Tubi, maybe? Uh, no, it was a Netflix release initially. 
oh yeah, I remember. I remember you telling me that you watched it on that first. Um, I was not able to find a budget for the film, uh, and it did not release internationally. So the only thing I have is uh, what it made domestically, and that was twenty three thousand eight hundred and thirty three dollars. I thought you were going to say twenty three dollars. <laughs> it sold two <laughs> tickets. So um, before we begin in, begin on our initial impressions. Just a couple facts here. The trailer premiered on September 3rd, 2016 at the Days of the Dead convention. Many probably wonder how such a low-profile movie could have had the appearance of so many great horror icons. Well, it starts with Gunnar Hansen, the lead writer of the film, which many may know played Leatherface in the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He intended for it to feature as many horror legends as possible, the most notable horror icon confirmed, including Kane Hodder. Friday the 13th is where you may know him from. We have Barbara Crampton from Reanimator. Also, I think she played the mom in uh, Year Next. Bill Mosley, Chop Top in The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Dee Wallace, The Hills Have Eyes. Camille Keaton, I Spit on Your Grave. Sid Haig, The Devil's Rejects, among many others. Felisa Rose uh, in Sleepaway Camp. She was the main the main, uh, well, I was going to say actress, actor, actress, you know, yeah. no spoilers. Uh, Tony <laughs> Todd, <laughs> it was in Candyman. Adrian Barbo, I want to say that's her name. She was yeah. in Escape from New York. And Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes and Mini Rob Zombie Films. So, let's go ahead and start with our initial thoughts <clears throat> here. Ian, we're going to start with you. What were your thoughts on the uh, 2017 film Death House? Um, Oscar bait, honestly. Like, uh, this movie is, is uh, you know, pe- people just love throwing a bunch of actors in movies, and they're like, you know what? It'll be fine. Just get the right actors, put them in the movie. It'll work out. And it was like the opposite of, of that. It, th- this is not Oscar bait. This is, this is a bad movie. It's not terrible. Not, not, not the worst I've seen um, compared to Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. But um, yeah, this was the first time I've heard of the film from uh, Brendan when, when he picked it and the first time uh, watching it, obviously. And um, it kind of made me depressed, honestly. Uh, or just, you know, just not really feel that great about myself. And Brendan, what are your thoughts? Um, so I remember this film was really hyped up on Blumhouse's Shockwaves podcast because they're friends with, you know, Kane Hodder and stuff like that. Um, so I remember before the movie was actually released, uh, there was a release, uh, a leak of Gunnar Hansen's original script in the original script is miles away from whatever the fuck this shit show is. Uh, This is the only idea that they took from Gunnar Hansen's script was the idea to have cameos of big-name horror people as prisoners. That's literally the only fucking thing that carries from his script to to this. Um, I have watched this movie six times. I have fallen asleep during it five times. the when you said that we were covering 
low-rated movies, this is the first thing that came to mind. This this movie is just, it's not a movie. It's a set of images placed one after another with big-name horror actors who seem like they got the script the day of and didn't do any rehearsals. Um, This movie is complete trash, and uh, there's little to no entertainment value in any of it. Um, so I think this movie is better than Dracula 3D. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now that B. Harrison Smith directed a better movie than Dario Argento. Um, Never thought I would ever say something like that in my entire life, but there it is. Now, the quality of this movie is not good. Um, the set design is terrible. The CG is absolutely atrocious. Some of the acting is, uh, cringeable is... An understatement. Um, That being said, the concept of the movie I actually like quite a bit. And there is very heavily inspired, obviously, John Carpenter vibes in this fucking film. And I'm just going to say it right now. I want to see Escape from fucking Death House with Snake (laughs) Plus. That's all I'm saying. But um, the concept of the movie I thought was pretty cool. Uh, it, it, It wasn't executed well at all and the third act gets so fucking convoluted and messy that uh any sense that it did make just starts to go off the deep end even more than it already did uh but i'm gonna say that i wasn't bored with the movie um unlike brendan i wasn't bored like dracula 3d i was absolutely fucking bored like i wanted to turn it off this i I was able to sit through it as as much as I didn't appreciate a lot of the quality that was put into the film. Um, so let's go ahead. Did you guys prepare a top five, top three, anything like that? Oh, mm-hmm. wait. Where do we watch it, and would we add it to our collection? Ian, where did you watch it, and would you add it to your collection? <laughs> Hashtag barely legal, baby, and no. To be, to be and no. And I'm going to go to be and no as well. Now, I also just want to um, say for the audience, Ian likes to watch movies a particular way. Um, it is not a ruminations of a ruminations of red rum. Uh, we don't condone the way nope, he watches nope. his films. Nope, nope, nope. That is all um, on him. So uh, before you come at us with that, he does this on his own free will. Uh and it's it's his right to do so. But so just wanted to say. I only do that I only ugh, I only do it if um I cannot find the movie somewhere else or if it's like a known terrible movie like this. Well, one. it's on Tubi. Yeah, it's on Tubi. Yeah. But, I didn't even you know, check Tubi because Well, I don't you don't have to justify it. You do what you want. I'm just saying so we make it clear yeah. that the ruminations of Red Room does not condone pirating or streaming or anything like that, or you know finding the movies in an illegal way not i that- agree yeah i don't uh, i don't i don't do that either i don't uh i wouldn't participate in that <laughs> that being said do you guys have a top five or a top three uh yes five yeah i three? i only i only made it to three guys so that's that's all i'm gonna get but brendan top three give me your number three so basically uh with us covering these really low rated letterbox films we wanted to kind of maybe pull out some gems or pull out some maybe things that brought us some joy in these crippled moments so uh 
I didn't mean to use that word in that context, but um, <laughs> Brendan, <laughs> I apologize. Canceled. Canceled. Brendan, uh, what was your number three on the list of things you enjoyed of Death House? Uh, so it's funny. It actually has nothing to do with the movie. Um, the only quote that they have for the poster is from John Squires, uh, who I, I love his stuff. He's one of the head writers of bloody disgusting. And the quote is not even a compliment, but his, his, uh, front of poster quote is fans are dubbing this quote, the expendables of horror. That I mean, that's the poster it. says it all. So. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the most enjoyable things for me about this movie, that they couldn't even find one good compliment about the movie to put on the cover. Any thoughts on that, Ian? Oh, that's, that's his number three? Yeah. That's his number three, baby? <laughs> oh. uh, um, I mean, yeah, it is The Expendables of Horror. I think there's some, uh, some nice names in here. Um, I'm not too familiar. I like I've seen them in some things, but um, I guess I'm lacking on like the B-rated horror movie um, scale because most of these guys I just didn't recognize. Number three, Ian. Oh, I only made it to two. Is that okay? <laughs> Can you try to make up a number three right now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll I'll try to change one of the bad things into a good thing. Um, but the scene where they are, um, sliding down the elevator shaft Mm. and the music, um, it's like hate breed or something. Yeah. Destroyed my, uh, the speakers of my TV. Uh, I thought that that was a pretty funny scene and I liked it. Yeah. Somebody with a sound bar, I'll tell you that scene slapped. (laughs) Anyway, okay, number three. My number three is the Harley Quinn cameo, which is the DC crossover um, <laughs> section of this of this part of the movie. Do you guys all recall the Harley Quinn no. cameo? No. It's like w- two seconds, right? Like, she's just laughing. She's in two scenes. Uh, she's oh. got her ponytail. She's got her bat or whatever. She's got, you know, she's got the lash. She's got the clown pickup on. We had Harley Quinn cameo, which I'm surprised they didn't kind of uh, get sued for get sued for or you know just go a little deeper on that um but no my number three was also the uh just the horror icon cast i think it was cool how they got everybody involved um they did get a crazy cast i mean whether they're b to a rated actors actresses they got a lot of people on this and they had to kind of know that they weren't going to probably make that much money off this or get that much of a return. I would even go as far as saying that like they probably did this almost pro bono and like probably not get paid very much at all if it like anything. So, um I think it was cool how they all participated in it. It seemed like something that they wanted to do. Maybe a uh you know, a love letter to the writer, Otherface himself. Um but that was my number 3. Can I can I ask you guys a question? <clears throat> I'd love for you to do it. How Tony Todd, his character has nothing to do with Death House. That was one of my questions. I don't know. So I was do, thinking that, like, I actually don't know. Okay, so do you guys... Okay, so my thoughts on his character was that he's the one capturing the homeless people and capturing the people to make as victims. Right. Yeah. That's for the scenarios. Right. Yeah. So that would be his purpose to the plot. 
but i don't know what the I, I, point of like yeah, him bringing them out of the van and then like doing the whole thing on them like uh, the yeah the whole psychic surgery thing i uh yeah i can tell you i can tell you hopefully he got paid <laughs> <laughs> i mean number two brandon shoot me with your number two uh <clears throat> my number two is uh so this obviously came towards the very 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 end of sid Haig's life um so my number two uh, and this also goes for Three from Hell. I'm glad that he did not have to get up out of a chair to film his scene. Because you know what? That that man's a goddamn icon, and he deserves to do whatever he wants. If he wants to sit in a chair for his entire scene, let him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ian, number two? Uh, I'm going to go with D. Wallace. Um, I thought her character was... Uh one of the better actors in this uh d wallace which one was she <laughs> she was the doctor dr felcher fletcher oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah and um I, I like most of her movies she was in cujo et critters hills have eyes halloween good stuff Cool. My number two is the elevator scene oh, where they are riding down, capping people through the elevator doors as some fucking butt rock fucking song plays. I thought this was probably the best scene in the movie, honestly. And uh, if I, I ever make a movie, I'm going to make a scene like this to pay homage to Death House um, because this scene was fucking rad. So they went from the fourth floor to the the ninth, right? Yeah. So that's only like five stories. But it's like a mile down or something, right? Yeah. Like they said it's like yeah. a mile down. So. Also, when they were going that fast, <laughs> I mean, a lot of questions there. Like, how do they stop? I mean, the scene right after is just them investigating again. Their hands um, would have been melted off yes, their arms. Yes. Even with like, you know, whatever they were using to protect the slide down with. I'm not saying the scene made sense, guys, but the, it, it was just, it was so bad, it was good. It was so bad, it was good. That That is one moment where it was just... It was so bad, it was good, yeah. yeah. I can't, I, yeah. They Wait, also so missed... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You're so, you're such a gentleman. Um, they also missed a perfect opportunity to quote um, the other guys and just say, aim for the bushes. <laughs> and just play that song and just ride the, ride the shaft. The elevator. I also want to say this is not on my top three, but the movie references, like when the guy reaches down in the elevator, he goes, come with me if you want to live. He does the Terminator reference, and then that one guy that yeah. pops through the elevator and goes, here's Johnny. I was like, you guys are just not holding back at all. You guys are just going in on those. They were um, all done, like, in close proximity and in, 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 like, time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was just like a, hey, let's kind of throw this in moment. Yeah. Because they didn't have references. They were trying to establish that this was in the real contemporary, you know, world. You know, oh, yeah. there was a purpose. There was a purpose. Um, shoot me with your number one, Brendan. Uh, probably the most impressive thing about this movie were the nine shriekers. Mm, is this that is my number one as well. So this is the underground. Like those, those are the people, people the skinned alive people mm, that yes. 
and they're like, we don't want to go. We want to stay. So what were the purpose of those guys and gals? Uh, they were, they were, from what I'm remembering, they were, <laughs> they were escapees. <laughs> and then uh, they tried to like run tests on them and figure out how they haven't died. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of gave up. And we're just like, okay, you know what? You guys just just chill here, eat your rotten meat and whatever. Eat your rotten meat and whatever. <laughs> if I could have a nickel every time somebody said that to me. Now, what was the purpose of the microphone hanging from the ceiling? Uh, to look cool as shit, Kyle. They're, they're the shriekers. I'm not going to lie. It did look fucking rad. And she was like, <laughs> dude, that was... Ugh. We don't want to be free. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, it's impressive one. it was impressive i like the um the whole design of them and uh the practicals were really great i yes. agree yeah. it, it was very uh i know you guys can't relate but it was very uh silent hill that whole scene was very silent hilly and i enjoyed that very much it's funny because uh my significant other dumb she was not watching the movie she was still sleeping at the time that i was watching it and she came out right at that scene <laughs> and she looked at the tv and looked at me and was like okay and then just walked away i was like you came in on the perfect moment um yeah that was a good scene number one ian oh that oh, was mine that is your number one okay yeah. cool uh, my Twins. number one was just, uh, I touched on this earlier, the concept of the movie. I actually thought this was a cool concept. The fact of, it's like a raid type scenario where there's multiple levels of crazy psychotic people uh, that have done the worst of the worst, all imprisoned. The lower you go, the crazier and more violent they are with the the fucking main baddies at the very bottom. What did they call them? The five evils? The five evils. evils. Yeah, you got the five evils at the very bottom. Uh, Cool concept. Very cool concept. I would love to see a high-budget film with this concept. Um, Very John Carpenter-esque. I want to say that uh, the person who is doing the um, announcements, like, please stay within the dotted lines, it sounds a lot like the same voice that does the Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York one. It like it sounds or no escape from LA. I think it sounds just like her, like just like her. I think it might be the same person. I didn't look it up. I should have. But um, yeah, no, I I I really enjoyed. For as shitty as this movie was, I really enjoyed the concept. And uh, yeah, that was my number one. Now, is there anything else you guys want to mention about the movie? Oh, any notes yes. that you guys took? Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. break it open. Um, did anyone notice the? In when Novak in No Name Girl, um, when they're taking a shower, the like weirdly grotesque tattoo shots that they did. I feel like the tattoo shots were only to show the breasts. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. it made yeah. no, sense. no sense. Like in and also she's obviously staring at his dick when they're in the shower, and no the one even no time. no one I'm no glad I'm not the it. only one that thought that. Because it's clearly obvious. Because he's facing towards the wall, and she's facing the opposite way, but her head is turned back and looking down. So, like, I mean, can you blame her for wanting to see that dong? I mean, I'm kind of pissed off that they didn't go full dong on this. I, I'm kind of surprised that they did not. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of this shit. 
I'm tired of the breasts. I'm tired <laughs> of the vaginas. Okay, I want to see some dong because we need to release the dong. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's good. Hashtag release the dong. Release the dong, guys. God. Um, I agree. Yeah, no, that scene was uh, long. <laughs> no pun intended. It was very long. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> uh, it was so, the shots were so weird, too. Like, it was just zooming in on their face, and then it'd, like, kind of pan off, and then go yeah. to an overhead shot, and then oh, it was just so weird. And then, like, zoom in on their tattoos, even before they were talking about them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was so stupid. And what was the reason for the tattoos? He was just like, oh, I don't know. It was just, yeah, you, I drew yeah, it. I, I, I think the only thing I can think of is because they don't remember how they got there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, in the, I think there's a line at the end. He's like, let's go find out who we really are. Um, so the only thing I could think of is that tattoo scene was to set up that conversation of them not knowing who they are or how they got there, but that's still so fucking stupid. It was like a regular dialogue scene that you would have like two people walking down a hallway for to get to know get to know each other, but they just shot it in a shower. It was it was interesting. A lot of the positive reviews that I've read on this film is that the practical effects were really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was times where, like, I couldn't tell what was CG and what was practical because they mixed them so often. Can you guys think of any standout practical effects that you guys thought were uh, awesome? Honestly, the Shriekers, that's that's it. Yeah, it's going to be it for me, too. Um, the only CGI moment that I can think of would be like the elevator scene. There's also the scene when they walk into where the homeless people are hanging upside down in mm -hmm. the first oh. shot, the first shot of them walking in, they're on a CG background screen, but then it cuts to a physical location. Yeah, I yeah. think that like 60 to I wouldn't be surprised if they told me that 75% of this movie was filmed in front of a green screen. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they said that. Yeah, there's a lot of green screen. Lots. And unnecessary uses too, like what Brennan just said. They had the set. I don't know why mm -hmm. they just didn't use it. But that scene was so dark, like I really <laughs> I really hated that. Even love this movie as well. Yeah, even to the, like, when they get down to the five evils at the very end, um, their suits are practical, but the lights <laughs> on the suits are CG. And they yeah. didn't track it properly. They did not. They, they were not overlaid correctly at all. So it was almost like they were floating in front of the suits. Which would have been being... cooler if they just committed to that. Yeah. I mean, you could have bought like a $10 light strip off of Amazon and just post like. That's $50, Kyle. <laughs> Come on. They don't have that, that big budget Hollywood money. Come on. Did, did anyone notice, uh, since we're talking about the five evils, when Kane Hodder has his like weird transformation scene? And I remember one of the first times I watched this, I woke back up at the five evil scene and I noticed this. You woke up there, the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a shot of 
like right when Kane Hodder's doing his thing. And at the bottom right in colorful text, it says net video unregistered. I did not notice that. Oh my God. It, it, it three different shots has net video unregistered at the bottom right of it. And this is the final product. I did not notice that. Oh my God. What did you guys think of the soundtrack of the film? It ruined the stereo in my TV. Like, it was terrible. It was just a lot of drums and, like, like a synthesizer, I guess. It was weird. I didn't like it. It was terrible. Yeah, it was garbage. <laughs> Got a bad seal. Got a bad seal. I didn't mind the uh, soundtrack of the film. Uh, again, it reminded me uh, very much of, like, John Carpenter. This movie was just John Carpenter, but like bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what this was. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, yeah, that girl power moment. Oh, the the fist bump. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, wasn't she dissing her? And then, because it wasn't like she trying to be facetious. And then they were like, "Oh, girl power." Because she was like, you do the scrubbing and you do the laundry, which was like, does it make me sexist or a bad person that that made me cringe that scene? It had nothing to do with the fact that it was a girl power moment, just the way it was delivered and like the intention probably behind that. It was the worst thing she could have said for a girl power moment. um, Yeah, it was terrible. Like, why did you put that in the movie? Like, that didn't make any sense at all. Icky. Okay. Well, what? this was Death House 2017. Uh, do you guys want to get into final thoughts and ratings? Um, wait, there was one question I had. What's up? Um, what did you guys think of the three Satans? Yeah, the scene came, and then it was over. <laughs> it was over? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't find a purpose to any of that whatsoever. Uh <laughs> The guy on the very right, though, he's in a lot of shit, and yeah. uh, he's pretty funny. But um, that scene was long and drawn out, and why was it there? Yeah. Like, what was the significance of that? And also, all that virtual reality shit, where, like, she shoots her mom, and he slits someone's throat, and we see Sid Haig do his kill. Like, none of that serves any purpose. Oh, yeah, Machete was in this film. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. was. Which was on one of the worst green screen sets I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so bad. And also the the worst. The Nazi kid that's in the trash can outside. You remember that? (laughs) What was that? What was that? What was that? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Because he put a device in him, right? But then what did that do? The device did nothing. I thought it was going to, like, explode or, or something. Oh, wait, no. Didn't it lock down the prison? Oh, maybe. The, okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. That's, what co- okay. That's, that's what caused the blackout. But yeah. where, where did the Nazi kid Where did the Nazi from? kid come from? Yeah. And Who he is? wasn't, like, a part of the virtual system. He was out and about. Like, he was in the real world. And still dressed as a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> he had his Nazi uniform on. So he got out with the uniform on. <laughs> oh, what a movie. Oh, he's an ex-prisoner. Is that what that was? 
do they have children prisoners? I have no idea. Oh, to show the um the, the uh, remembrance scenes, uh, the flashbacks. Jesus, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Uh, they did like the camera filter instead of just like uh, any ordinary filter. It was it was weird. Mm-hmm. And when she shot both the mom and the kid with one bullet, it was like at, at the wrong angle where she she only shot one bullet, and it w- it would probably only kill the mom, but it showed both them dead. So that was cool. Brennan, do do you think the the depiction of so many Nazis being at this prison meant something. You know, looking at my notes, I think I wrote the word Nazi down more than any other word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doodling it for fun. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I the it kind of pissed me off because like there's this weird trope in horror that when you want to depict the truest evil you do it as a nazi but like Mm -hmm. yeah we get that nazis are bad but it's so fucking overdone think of any other thing to do besides nazi zombies or um nazis creating a new frankenstein like come up with something original not every bad person we we know that nazis are bad people but you can make a movie original and have a, terif- a good Nazi I, in it. I, no. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Um, no, it like this Nazi shit just gets so annoying to a point because Kane Hodder's a Nazi, and then you have the Nazi kid, and then uh, Bill Mosley saying Nazi shit, and there's other Nazis in this movie. We get it. Nazis are bad. Move on. <laughs> I honestly did not notice the amount of Nazis like you did, Brennan. I mean, I, I guess you just find what you're looking for. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they did hint that this is not the only death house in the country. Uh, if there was a death house too, who would you want to direct it? James Gunn. James Wan. John Carpenter. <laughs> isn't <laughs> isn't he baby. dead? John Carpenter? No, God. Dude, what? Oh, and I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Wes Craven. Yeah, oh. Wes Craven's dead. Yeah. Um, no, no. In complete honesty, I um, I would, I think it would be cool if someone like Ty West or someone who can actually make a movie, not be. Be Arthur, whoever the fuck made this movie. Be Arthur Smith. So now we are going to get into our final thoughts and ratings of Death House 2017. But first, can we go to a commercial break, Kyle? Oh, we're past that. Thick piss. Okay, well, I guess we're not. Uh, please uh, enjoy this brief announcement from the. Ruminations Radio Network, 47 minutes into our podcast. We'll be right back. We have to take a thick piss break. Thank you. Hey, this is Charlie, Triple C, from Brevity Box, a new and interesting podcast from the Ruminations Radio Network. If you're a fan of podcasts, we have a lot of great content to offer. Come check out our diverse group of podcasts and hosts at ruminationsradionetwork.com. 
welcome back from the official ruminations of Red Room Thick Piss Break. We are getting into our final thoughts and rating for Death House 2017. Brennan, we're going to start with you. What is your final thoughts and rating? Go. Waste of time. Cheaper than melatonin. Um, half a star. Brendan does not say check it out. Ian, final thoughts and rating. There's not really much to say about this movie. It's uh, pretty disappointing. If you're a horror fan, you're going to be disappointed. Might as well just not even watch it. Um, the last episode, like Argento, if you want to complete a filmography, you're going to want you're going to have to watch that film. You know, you don't have to watch this one. It, I just wouldn't watch it. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's not worth your time. I'd give it a one star. One star. Um, Sorry. I was not disappointed by this movie. I had no expectation whatsoever. It is a very bad movie. Um, I think as a horror fan, as like a really big horror fan, you could find some enjoyment out of this movie. Very little at best, but something there's, there might be something that sparks your interest. Um, I think that having all of the horror icons in this is a neat little, uh, a gimmick kind of, but, um, it doesn't pay off in any real way, but it is cool. And um, I like the fun fact that it is actually written by Leatherface. That is a really interesting fact to me. And this was apparently a, a big passion project for him, which is also very interesting to me. But it's a very bad movie. It's not well made whatsoever. Uh, and I agree with Ian. I, I don't think you really need – like it's not any required viewing whatsoever. But if you're interested, maybe give it a shot. I'm going to give this a one star as well. It is better than Dracula 3D. <clears throat> so that no, no, being no. said, <laughs> that being said, the official ruminations of Red Room rating we're going to be ha- uh, rounding up here is a one star. Oh, Jesus Christ. For Man. Death House. So we're going to end every episode like we do with your favorite game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? We have Brendan in the lead with 11 points, Ian at 2, myself at 5, and Mitch on the board at 1. Let's go, baby. I gotta keep up my streak. At the end of the year, we're gonna tally the scores, and whoever wins gets a life-size Dobby statue from Harry Potter. That they could do with what they will. Burn, baby, burn. Gentlemen, are you ready? I was born ready. Damn Number- it, I was going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Derek Cho is having a really bad day. After being unjustly fired from his job, he discovers that the law firm's building is under quarantine from mysterious and dangerous virus. Chaos erupts throughout the office as the victims of the disease begin acting out their wildest impulses. Joining forces with a former client who has a grudge of her own, Derek savagely fights tooth and nail to get the executives on top on the top floor and settle the score once and for all. Genre horror action. I like this movie. I it's fucking fun. Lo- I love this movie. I love Joe Lynch. This movie's got to be fresh. It's fresh, I think, as well. 
That is correct. You guys are both awarded a point. Guess the percentage. I'm going to go 72. 74. I'm going to go 70. Brendan gets awarded the point. It is 66% with a thousand plus ratings. It is the 2017 film Mayhem, directed by Joe Lynch. Highest rated film is, in fact, the 2017 film Mayhem. Does does this have a higher critic than audience? It does. The critic okay. is, I believe, at 84, and the okay, uh, huh. the uh, users at 66. Also, I got to get better at doing this. But if you are new to the podcast, folks, this game we have our co-hosts for the episode guess the movie based on the description of the film. They then have to rate if it's fresh or rotten based on Rotten Tomatoes standards. If they get that correct, they have to guess the percentage within seven points to get a second point. We're going to number two. Are you ready? Unsuspecting tourists awaken a mysterious evil in the Dutch countryside after their tour bus breaks down, stranding them at an abandoned barn right beside a sinister windmill where a miller used to grind their bones of locals. Genre, horror, mystery, thriller. Dang, I think I've seen this, uh, the, like, cover on Arrow Video. It's like an older movie. It's probably fresh. It's like something at the stone mill. Something. Oh, see, I, I thought it was backcountry. Um, back, back country? Yeah. Like the Canadian movie? No, the Irish movie. I thought you were talking about the Avengers Sevenfold Zone. <laughs> um, no, I said back, not bat. No. Uh, I was thinking black, black country. <laughs> I'm going to say rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. Brendan gets awarded the third point. Guess the percentage. 35. Incorrect. It is 22%. Jeez. With 250 plus ratings, it is the 2016 film The Windmill Massacre, directed by Nick Jongrius, I want to say. His, high, his highest rated film is the 2013 film Frankenstein's Army. 58. <gasps> oh, that movie's dope. Brennan 3, Ian 1. Are you ready for number 3? Mm-hmm. Windmill Massacre. Mm-hmm. Classic. I believe in you, Ian. Hoping for a joyful family reunion, Matt and his wife pay a surprise visit to the home of his estranged brother, Steve, to celebrate Christmas. To their shock, they soon learn that Steve has a hostage in his basement, a man he claims is the devil. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Mm. I remember not liking this movie if it's what I think it is. Uh, and I know it's on Shutter. Fuck. Uh, I'm gonna say rotten. I have no idea what it is. I'm gonna go rotten. It is in fact rotten. Guess the percentage. Thirty-five, which is what I would give it. Thirty-one. Ren gets awarded the second point. Can, can I? Is- can I try and guess real quick? Is it, sure. is it I trapped the devil? I have the devil? It is at 40% with 100 plus ratings. It is the 2019 film I Trapped the mm, Devil. Yeah. Directed by Josh Lobo. His highest rated film is 
I Trap the Devil with a critic score at 74%. So critic is at 74 in the still win this if you guess it correct, Ian. Guess the percentage on the dot. Easy. Are you ready? Jane Hudson is an aging child star left to care for her wheelchair-bound sister, Blanche. Stuck living together in a mansion in old Hollywood, Blanche plots to get even with Jane for the car crash that left her crippled years earlier. Jane is desperate to keep Blanche imprisoned as she plans a new rise to fame and tries to hide Blanche's existence from doctors, visitors, and neighbors while she devises a way to get rid of her sister. Genre, horror, mystery, thriller. I'd watch this. Sounds cool. Um, I'm going to go 76%. <laughs> so fresh. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, Ian seems pretty confident about this, so I will say fresh. You guys are both awarded a point. It is fresh. Guess the percentage. Ian, how confident do you feel with 76? I've never heard of this movie in my <laughs> life. Um, We're going to go 73 on this one. Locking it in. <laughs> I'm going to prices right you, but down. I'm going to go 72. You guys are both incorrect. 82. <laughs> also 92. I'll, I'll give you one more. Ian, if you guess it right, I'll add the two points, even though you'll still lose. <sighs> one more. But you'll get your dignity back. 87. Dignity left unobtained. It is the 1962 film... At 91% with 25K plus ratings, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Directed by Robert Aldrich, his highest rated film is Attack at 100%. Wow. Huh. That puts Brendan at 12 for the year. Ian, at two, we are in May, almost halfway through the year, and Ian has only won two. How do you feel? Keeping the streak alive, baby. <laughs> this has been another episode of ruminations of red rum the three devils of the ruminations radio network if you like what we're doing here be sure to follow us on instagram at ruminations of red rum and on twitter at of red rum that's of red rum and please subscribe on itunes or spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating that being said i'm your host kyle with the k aka d skin jacket and with me, I have Ian with two E's or E squared, if you will. Or the ghost of Ian. Um, Michael, shower thoughts or toilet thoughts. Um, imagine how a saw trap would, would look as poop roulette. Call back to Brendan. <laughs> and Brendan, the new blood. Uh, I will follow you to hell. Stay spooky, guys.